0: Hello and welcome back to the Space Salvi Institute podcast. I'm Andrew Pettifrin, joined as always by Bobby Mixa. And today we are excited to welcome a guest, uh, Michal Wuchewski. And uh, so uh, we're hoping that this conversation will foster uh, more of what uh, we what the work of the Space Salvi Institute is about, namely hope and uh, also European civilization and the faith in Europe and its relation to uh, the church worldwide. So, Bobby, I'm going to throw it to you to uh, say a word of introduction before we hear from our guest.
1: Yeah, well, I'm so happy to have uh, uh, Professor uh, Chevsky on. Uh, I've been uh, reading your work um, uh, and also following you on on YouTube. My wife has actually been translating some of the Polish videos for me. Uh, but um, just thank you for coming on. Um, a couple about a couple of years ago, I met Tracy Rowland at a conference, and I was. I was telling her about my interest in John Paul II, and also doing a little bit more research on, you know, the Polish Romantic influence on JP 2 And she said, "Oh my gosh, you have to read this this article that I just got uh, by this, you know, this young scholar in Poland, uh, Michał Uczewski. And so she she uh, she took my email and she sent me this article about um, King Spirits julius um, uh, Slovatsky and this, I guess, John Paul II at a beatification mass uh, mentioned uh, the King Spirits, um, and I, I believe like handing it over to the King Spirits in the Third Republic, or is the Third Republic of Poland?
2: Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so anyways, I was I was so interested in this because it, it like my, you know, everybody knows this by now that my wife is from Poland uh, and that I'm just trying to dive into all things Polish, but also like some of the things you've just never heard before. Um, and so this article was a great uh, introduction to the Romantic tradition, but also helped me have a you know deeper appreciation for JP, two and the history of Poland. And so anyways I've been a little bit obsessed about uh, me- uh, eventually meeting uh Mihailouchanski and we had the opportunity actually last month to meet at the uh, Wielka Polska um project is it the Wielka Polska pro- uh, project
2: it's uh, well we can say uh, also in English it's a great project Poland great project because yeah. when you say when you say great Poland <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Uh, it it might uh, just get on nerves of our neighbors, so <laughs> yeah. we say that Poland is a great project rather than project of great Poland.
1: <laughs> well, it was a great it was a great conference, and uh, we had a chance to talk a couple of times, and um, and light of just a lot of my you know um, kind of observations on Polish culture and where things are today. There was you know you had the election a couple of weeks ago. Um, and not getting into like the nitty-gritty of Poland, but I thought, well, is a sociologist who has also this deep appreciation for Polish history, culture, and also knows uh, philosophy and theology pretty well. So I thought it would be great to just have you on and kind of have a little bit of a take on the landscape of Poland today. So Michał, thanks for coming on. Um, And so anyways, I just thought maybe we kind of like... uh, just start off a little bit with uh, like a lot of people have been reading about the election results in Poland and kind of seeing, well, Poland, where is uh, not only Poland headed, but Europe headed in general. So um, not many people, I don't want to do a deep dive into like Polish politics, but for for many people, um, could you possibly just like for, for people unfamiliar with the political situation, Poland with like you know the different parties. Could you possibly just in- give like a basic introduction of of the um, the the landscape?
2: Sure, sure. Although when I try to introduce John Paul II, I'm reaching out to uh, analyze you know one thousand years of Polish uh, history. So uh, mm-hmm. a brief introduction might not be easy. <laughs> but for to, to understand uh, you know in general Poland, uh, you have to know that Poland uh, was indeed a great country uh, in 18th century and before so it was uh, Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth uh, that was uh, probably uh, the greatest democracy uh, at that time and then it was partitioned among uh, you know uh, modern i would say autocratic states like Russia Prussia and Austria so you know democracy uh, was uh, torn apart by three absolutist states. Uh, so there's a there's a tension in Poland, uh, the tension that is I think felt in all great nations between you know greatness, greatness of the past, and then challenges, uh, and even you know the the prospect of uh, disappearance. Uh, and I think that in that part of Europe, we feel that uh, that. Uh, Uh, the specter of annihilation is hovering over us, uh, and we can feel it in Ukraine, we can feel it in Poland, as you know, Bobby, but also in those other smaller countries like like, uh, Romania, like Lithuania, Latvia, all those countries that are between uh, Russia and Germany, Uh, Hungary uh, among them. And w- when when you look at the Polish politics, uh, it has that mark of the past. So on the one hand, there are um, let's say uh, there is a faction of elites uh, that is Western oriented. So they, they 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 think that to get uh, moral capital in my in my language, political capital, economic capital, you have to orient yourselves to the West, and these are let's say liberals uh, to 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 paint it with a. Uh, broad uh, brush. So, these are liberal elites on the one hand, Western-oriented, to the neglect, I would say, of uh, taking into consideration, you know, Polish heritage, Polish legacy. One could call them, you know, knowers, uh, uh, who sometimes uh, uh, forget that they are from somewhere. And then, on the other hand, uh, you have a conservative uh, faction of of, uh, Polish public sphere, that is uh, also uh, seeing Western world as a point of reference, but they want to, say, polonize Western world rather than westernize Poland. So that's, that, that, that's the difference w- with regard to Liberals. Uh, and then uh, they, in turn, uh, they, uh, I think that uh, they uh, come back to the Polish past, to the Polish greatness and to the great Polish future, Sometimes to the neglect of, uh, say, you know, collaboration uh, with with others. So, the problem is that uh, those two factions of uh, Polish public uh, they are all the time in conflict, uh, and uh, for the most part, liberal elites uh, have upper hand. But on the other hand, for eight years uh, Poland was ruled by by the conservatives. But there's that struggle. There's that you know really intensive polarization between those two parties. And this is something reminiscent of uh, communities that are under pressure. Uh, So um, it's called lateral violence. So when there's a community uh, that is colonized, sometimes those people who are colonized do not fight against uh, the oppressors, but they fight against one another. And I think this is the case of Poland that we do not understand how precarious our position is, uh, how full of anxiety our position is because of our external realities, you know, being between Germany and Russia. And we try to overcome that anxiety by fighting with our neighbors. And I, I think this is this is maybe a sad story of Poland. Uh, this is the story of polarization and trying to, you know, build community, regain solidarity, uh, regain that myth of solidarity, uh, from, from 1980, uh, the myth also of John Paul II of unity, but we cannot do it. And instead of it, we are just plunging into more and more, uh, you know, polarized, uh, struggles. Yeah.
0: Michal, uh, I find your, um, introductory remarks really interesting about Poland. And I, I'm curious to know where you think things will go now, uh, in the wake of the Election where peace has, um, I, I, I guess, lost its parliamentary majority, and uh, I mean, Poland had really been, it seems, despite the the Ukraine war and the tensions about that, really in a, it seemed to be in a in a, uh, a strengthening position, you know, growing military and and a, uh, an economy that seemed to be uh, doing pretty well, and maybe maybe influence in the European Union that was. Um, uh, you know, was was very significant for its, uh, you know, for its size and, and population and everything. So I wonder, just in in the wake of the election results, where where do you think, you know, how you think that will affect kind of the the positive trends that some people have been noticing about Poland?
2: Well, this is this is a, just a wonderful question, and you demand uh, that I am uh, a little bit of a prophet. But you know, I'm in Poland, and we are a prophetic nation, so I can do that with with pleasure uh i think that mm, on the one hand as, you, as 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 you said poland was just in extraordinarily shape uh politically uh economically it, it was astounding that uh, uh, poland could survive uh, you know uh, ukraine the war in ukraine uh, that we could just uh, uh, embrace, you know, millions of people coming to us, without uh, our economy going to uh, ruins. Yeah, so this is, this is that was some, something astounding. And also, I said that we, we we are polarized, and that's true. But when when the war struck our neighbors, uh, our Ukrainians, Ukrainian friends, uh, and also for the most part, also many of them are uh, our personal friends. Uh, Robert uh, met one of them my my friend uh, Oleg Kindy from Zviv during that conference uh, he referred to. Uh, so it was uh, it was astounding for us that that because we were so polarized, uh, we couldn't expect that at one moment we will reunite and for me that was that moment of you know that massive help for for, for Ukraine. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I would say that our our uh, governing uh, party, uh, conservative party, ruled for eight years, and we didn't have any other party uh, during you know the, the after 1989, so after the fall of communism, who would dominate uh, the political sphere as much as uh, the the, the law and justice uh, did. So. I think that uh, that the change was uh, on the one hand uh, it was the swing of the pendulum, so we we switched for, from you know conservative conservative tilt to, uh, to to liberal one, but it was also expecting you know something new. Uh, I, I think that uh, polls uh, mostly from you know bigger cities, uh, m- m- mostly those say more progressives. They wanted something else, something new, and uh, the mobilization during the elections was also unprecedented after 1989. Uh, and uh, yeah, there, there are also many, many other reasons why, why law and justice lost. But when you look at it, you see that, that that's actually uh, the case when the party wins elections for the third time and that was something unheard of uh, in Poland but it loses its majority in the parliament so so you have a you have a winning uh, party that is not able to build a coalition and it also shows you something that uh, about Poland that you know it's very hard to build coalitions uh, in, in in Poland yeah? uh, especially if you are conservative uh, this is this is a challenge
1: mm. And, and Mihal, um, kind of on this though, like with the landscape too of the the legacy of uh, John Paul II and like um, view amongst many people of the Church today in Poland, the role that the Church plays in Polish society. Um, I remember at the conference a number of polls mentioning that John Paul II is kind of viewed a little bit as a statue, or even now mm-hmm. some amongst the young, uh, amongst the youth, as like a meme. Um, yeah. and some, somewhat kind of like they view him as, you know, the one who is, um, kind of distant, but also he happened to like Kramówki, uh, which yeah. is a great Polish dessert. But, um, and so like when I I'm teaching at the high school level and most of the students that I have, um, half of them are Polish, um, oh. international school, but most of them have heard of John Paul II, but they, they don't they do know him as as a, as a kind of a hero of poland yeah. they they don't have much familiarity with him as a man um especially uh in terms of his thought but i remember i always remember this comment um by polish nun from warsaw she wanted me to come give a little talk on john paul ii's um theology of the body and i i thought well i mean his thought must be very well known amongst most poles, and and she said, mm. "You'd be surprised." But actually, in, uh, the richness of his thought—I mean, he's referred to all the time—but the richness, and particularly the theology of the body, isn't as well known as you might think it is. So, could you could say a few words on John Paul II's mm.
2: life? Strangely enough, uh, also uh, that political. Uh, Struggle in Poland uh, had John Paul II as a central figure. So, almost twenty years after his death, uh, we still see that John Paul II is that powerful, you know, towering figure over uh, Polish public sphere. So, on the one hand, you have Poland that tries to uh, build, you know the future of Poland on the legacy of John Paul II. And then uh, there's a tendency to turn him uh, into a monument, into a hero, as you said, into a national hero. A hero who freed Poland from communism, who liberated continents, uh, who was maybe the first truly global leader, the beacon of light and hope uh, and freedom for, for all the nations. And on the other hand, you have people who want to distance themselves from uh, the legacy of John Paul II? So they still want to build Poland on John Paul II, but on the dead body of John Paul II. So uh, on, on a father who is killed. Uh, one could say, referring to to, to René Girard. I, I know also that uh, Robert, you know, you know uh, that great uh, French American anthropologist, that they can uh, turn. John Paul II into scapegoat, and on that scapegoat, you can build, you know, a new community that will be freed of uh, the father, the father figure, but also freed uh, of the church, uh, freed of the, say, you know, law and justice. Let's say, uh, just referring to, 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 to peace, uh, that is abbreviation uh, of the conservative party, uh, law and justice. Uh, so we have those two Poland's clash over John Paul II. Mm, uh, and I think that uh, there's a tendency to treat him uh, all, among those two, uh, Poland's, uh, as a, uh, in an instrumental fashion. So we, we are not really interested in who he was, but you know who will win, we or them. Yeah, that's the, that. That's the point. And when we can use John Paul II, and I, I have to also say self-critically because uh, you know I, I don't want to. Just to be to 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 come here as a centrist. I'm 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 a you know supporter of a uh, let, let's say conservative intelligentsia uh, milieu in Poland. So 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 I, I'm not a political uh, in any way. But I want to say that uh, also self critically that there's a tendency on the part of my generation to turn John Paul II into a monument, and then. Uh, to, you know, take a selfie, let's say, with John Paul II. But it's not about John Paul II, it's about me. It's, it's about, you know, my my uh, self-aggrandizing, uh, showing that, you know, I'm better because, you know, I, I happen to know that guy, you know, <laughs> Karol Wojtyla. Uh, and I, I say that self-critically because uh, during one of my leadership uh, trainings, uh, I, uh, I saw that I want to be like John Paul II. That he's like a uh, he's a persona for me. I told you, Robert, that you know my my uh, journey uh, or or conversion uh, journey was was a long one. Uh, So I started with criticism of John Paul II in the '90s as a teenager, but then I ended up, you know, as 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 a lover, let's say, of of John Paul II. uh, uh, can I say so, lover? Uh, or it, it, it sounds awkward. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's that's An admirer, uh, maybe. Admirer, yeah, admirer. Uh, uh, and and I put JP two on my uh, chest. Uh, you know, JP two. So I want to be like JP two. He's my persona. I want to be like him. And a friend of mine told me, you know that uh, that uh, he would support JP two. But when he saw that I'm supporting him, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't see that, that, that we are not good witnesses to, uh, you know, values we preach, to, to people we try to embrace, uh, to admire. Yeah, so I, I think there's, uh, there's a subtlety uh, in our admiration. Sometimes admiration goes, uh, you know, also, not, 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 uh, it's not about whom we admire, but also who admires. So, we admire somebody in order to also boost our own identity. And I think this is the story also of the Polish right and the Polish conservative movement that we don't really know. We don't really know uh, John Paul II. We know several phrases, we know that he was great, um, but we we don't really know. Uh, Strangely enough, uh, you know, theology of the body, I had to really read Western authors to just discover that, you know, there's something about theology of the body. Although it was invented in Poland, uh, in the milieu of uh, John Paul II, Karlo Wanda Pułtowska, who who died, his great friend, who died several days ago, uh, when when she was about to turn 102. So so it was was, um, uh, generated here, among our peers, let's say, uh, among our prophets, but we didn't listen to our prophets. Uh, and sometimes we have to, we have to like listen to George Weigel, who said that theology of the body will be that you know great uh, novelty that was brought to the legacy of the Catholic Church and more to humanity and by 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 Karol Wojtyla. And this that was also my experience that I thought when when I started. To, my job as uh, the director of programs of John Paul II. I thought that everything that we know, every, everything about John Paul II. So we don't have to come back to him. We can just, you know, do some, uh, some, some. Let's say sociological, psychological, but my stuff, not jo- John Paul II's stuff. And I was, and then I was amazed. Like, going to to our library, that that is probably the biggest library in the world, JP two library in the world. We have like thousands of volumes. I saw that I, I don't really know him uh, beyond those, you know, several phrases like, you know, I, I don't have to repeat them. We can repeat them, but I, I don't have to. And then I discovered that, you know, there's much more history about uh, this man. I discovered him through poems. I discovered also him through Polish culture. Uh, and it was, it was because I invited uh, the students, like the, the, there was a small circle of students, to read what John, what, what young Karol Wojtyła read in when he was in his twenties, when he was a teenager. And for us, it was just a wonderful journey because we could look at Western legacy, uh, Judeo Christian heritage, also Polish culture through the prism of young Karol Wojtyła. And this is just much more powerful exercise. Then when you read uh, Karol Wojtyla as a great man, you have to admire because if you don't admire, it means that you are stupid, yeah. <laughs> uh, or if you if you admire, uh, you want to show that somebody else is stupid. So so we just you know we we went beyond that um, persona of John Paul II uh, just to 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 get to know him uh, as a uh, as a as a person, yeah, as a human being with uh, you know flesh and block. Michal, I, I love what you're saying about the the
0: about the figure of, of John Paul II. And it, it occurs to me, I, I heard you give a, a few minutes talk that was available online where you were talking about, I think it was at a National Conservatism Conference, talking about Reagan and John Paul II. As uh, you, you used the term non-anxious presence, which I thought was yeah. really really a wonderful way to sum up both of their kind yeah. of the way that they led And it occurred to me as you were talking, you know, thinking about Reagan, and and then I want to, I want to hear more about that, but thinking about Reagan, I mean, he, you know, a lot of people forget that in 1984, when he was reelected president, he won one of the largest presidential election victories of all time. I think he won 49 out of 50 states. I mean, that's, which is completely unheard of in American (laughs) politics now. Um, So, you know, so in as much as Reagan is used by people on the right, like me, you know, as a hero, Mm. um, it, it we do run the risk, as you say, in the same way that Polish people do for JP2, of yeah. turning him into this sort of polarizing figure, when in fact, in his day, yes, there were certain polarizing things about him, but he was a wildly popular, indeed exactly. unifying, unifying figure. Um, yeah. And so, I don't know, I just wonder if you have more thoughts about that comparison.
2: Yeah, that, that, that was such a wonderful paraphrase. Yeah. Uh, um, um. I I I'm thinking also about my students. I remember, you know, uh, I don't have to move beyond my university to see how the world changes. Uh, so I remember students who uh, were writing their essays for my qualitative uh, uh, data research uh, class, uh, and they uh, and everybody was uh, writing that uh, John Paul II united Poland. And how was that? Uh, so th- those essays were all about it. And now my students are uh, uh, writing uh, about uh, John Paul II uh, being a meme, as, as Robert said. And even one of them, uh, with a little bit of my help, uh, he coined the term uh, totememization. I don't know whether it's... Uh, you, you understand mm-hmm. what, what it means, but it's like totem. Mm-hmm. So you turn somebody t- into a totem, but then the totem is easily turned into a meme. So I really like that phrase that sometimes we don't see that when we elevate somebody, we elevate ourselves with that somebody and then people want to tear him down, not because of him, but because of us. Yeah. That's I think one uh, reflection I wanted to share from my students. So that that process of elevating a figure and then just destroying the figure. And sometimes these are even the same people who elevated John Paul II. Only then, just to criticize him, to distance uh, themselves from him, like ex priests in Poland. Uh, uh, that they, 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 they are, uh, I, I think, uh, in the trajectory. This is a very Girardian trajectory. Yeah? So, so we you elevate somebody to be a king in order to scapegoat them uh, a moment later and we know it from from the bible so i think that J- john paul ii just is undergoing that that and you mentioned you mentioned reagan you could also mention churchill uh, you can also mention uh, lincoln and you would see that in the western world uh, all those great figures who are unifying uh, uh who are like father figures one could say uh now they are seen as controversial as, as people who are, uh, you know, controversial because of uh, their supposed racism, you know, some colonial leanings and so on. Uh, and it's, I, I think that the, the way to understand also of what's going on in Poland with John Paul II is just to compare that wave of uh, uh, smashing the figures of our heroes uh, in the all Western world, uh, we it, it's our uh, Polish uh, version of it, uh, so it, it's just. Uh, and to, in Poland, we don't we don't really understand how you can criticize, you know, Churchill. Although we 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 can kind of understand because uh, he was also responsible for the Yalta agreements that left Poland. But anyway, we have that sentiment uh, for for uh, you know a Cold War warrior. Uh, you know, he he started <laughs> he started Cold War. He, because he he named it uh, it's hard for us to uh, understand why Lincoln can be criticized or Jefferson uh, uh, because for for us these are just uh, you know great men <laughs> And I, I think that for, for people from 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 the Western world it's hard to crit- understand why John Paul II is criticized. Uh, and I think this is for the same reason because th- there's a new community that wants to emerge and wants to just be built, and it is built on the uh, distancing themselves uh, from the past, yeah? on the let's say scapego- scapegoating of the past, on, on on the destruction of old men, of old heroes. Uh,
1: yeah. No, anyhow, um, with with kind of the delving like right now, I know the uh, in in America, the English speaking world, Catholic University of America is under, I think, funded by the Knights of Columbus are translating uh all of John Paul II's they're yes. publishing all of John Paul II's um collected works. Uh Acting Person just came out or person yes. and act uh to be a little bit uh more correct um just came out like two years ago they just published uh his um his dissertation on um on Max um uh, oh gosh What's Shaler, yes. Like Schaller, yeah. Schaller. um, And so there's it's interesting that like kind of within the intellectual circles, there's this um kind of revival. Um, is this going on in, in Poland, like within the little you mentioned kind of some of the intellectual circles within Poland? Is are they are they looking to this? Because I meant I remember hearing that um a couple of Polish scholars um when they saw the american the the uh, volume 1 of the um collected works they were surprised to see some of these articles with in the back in the appendix because they thought they didn't even know that he he wrote such
2: articles yeah this is also a paradox you know this is a polish paradox um we are very mm, say intellectual uh uh, meaning that uh, there we we put much emphasis on the value of intellectual work, and Poland is a is a is a country of intelligentsia. Uh, uh, for us, it it is important that for me it is important that I'm a professor, uh, uh, and it is important for uh, Karol Wojtyla uh, himself that he was a professor, and that he was a man of university. He was not only a man of of the church; he was the man of of, of university. Um, And despite that heritage, that intellectual heritage, uh, we do not uh, cherish, I would say, our own heritage. So I I cannot understand that uh, really, why is that? Uh, And for example, we don't have any critical uh, edition of John Paul II's uh, work. And uh, this is what what, uh, Knights of Columbus are doing now, this is a critical edition uh they 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 compare uh, you know versions of uh, person and act um they they try to reconstruct and they actually reconstructed you know the final version uh and we didn't do it in poland so so that, that that's that, that's a that's a polish paradox so maybe that paradox also speaks to what i referred to that john paul ii was turned into that monument so we don't have to you know look uh, which version of person and act is the final version? It suffices that we know that John Paul II is Polish. I'm a little bit exaggerating, eh? but but I I I want to show uh, that that Polish paradox uh, that doesn't allow us to cherish maybe you know our great thinkers in more depth. Although uh, although I know that for example you know the 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 status of, of the Pope or or you know the. The, the bishop or a university professor in in, in, in the U S is much lower than in that part of the world. Yeah, so that's all. All American professors really enjoy enjoy coming to Poland <laughs> because they feel that intellectual uh, air here. So um, I, uh, for my part, I would say that uh, that intellectual work is uh, uh, ahead of us. We we have to do it. We have to do it in, in, you know, collaborations that are international. I tried for many years to publish uh, a companion, like, say, you know, a Cambridge companion to Karl Wojtyla uh, to show him as a uh, great thinker of the 20th century, uh, you know, great philosopher of the 20th century. So also to show him not as a as a man of the church, but actually, you know, as as, a, as an intellectual, as somebody who who could also uh, put his philosophy into practice, this is also important. Yeah, this is the uh, philosophers, at least in the, in that part of the world, including Marx, they want to put their ideas into practice. So uh, so, and I couldn't find you know funding for this, uh, and it was astonishing uh, for me because. Uh, that kind of a project uh, should be a, a, a no-brainer. You know that we want we want to, to uh, in a way, uh, not only commemorate uh, John Paul II, Karol Wojtyla, but we want also to think about the world with him. And to do it, we need him as an intellectual, uh, uh, as an intellectual, not only as a national hero.
0: <laughs> Michal, um much of what you're saying about the intellectual life resonates, I'm, I'm sure, uh, certainly with me, but I also know with Bobby, and really that's part of what we're about in this new venture that we're undertaking, the Space Salvi Institute, because we identify, we're both Americans, although Bobby lives in Poland now, but you know, we identify, we love the intellectual life, and we're men of faith, Catholics, and and yet we find certain frustrations with a lack of, you know, you mentioned how when American professors come to Poland, they're sort of treated treated with the with the kind of dignity maybe they deserve Uh, maybe they don't but maybe they do Um, (laughs) but you know um, we we really think that there's something lacking in kind of the the way your your you know average catholic average christian average Mm -hmm. you know even well-educated person in our own country in america kind of goes about in the world and um, so poland is for me I believe for Bobby too, uh, an encouragement in certain respects, because, as you say, there is this sort of priority of the intellectual life with Mm. the addition that there are these strong and enduring marks of the faith um, that aren't just sort of showing up at a building on a weekend like we would maybe experience more or less in the United States, but that it's really embedded more deeply in the culture. You know, again, you don't need to play the role yeah. of prophet. But do you feel do you feel hopeful about that continuing in your context in Poland? I mean, I know that you know there are people who look to Poland and say, "Well, Poland," you know, they'd say pessimistically, "Well, Poland will just end up like Ireland it used to be." You know, they'll it, just sort of mm-hmm. you know go the way of losing losing their faith. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of an open ended question to throw back to you, but just uh, sort of I'm interested in your thoughts about the intellectual yeah. life and the faith, the marks of the faith and the culture.
2: Yeah. You know, I I, I know uh, intellectual American life quite well. I studied for one year at Columbia, uh, in New York. Uh, it was a wonderful year for me, not so wonderful year for my wife. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, I, I think that New York is uh, you know a, a place for singles rather than families. Uh, but I went to to a hero of mine, intellectual hero of mine, uh, Charles uh, Tilley, a wonderful professor uh, of sociology. He was a founder of uh, of 20th-century uh, historical sociology. So I went to that hero of mine uh, who had, like, keynote address for European Sociological Association, you know, thousands of sociologists applauding him. And then he said, well, if you are in that class, it's, uh, it's certain that you won't make any career. And I was just, you know, what? You know, I'm at Columbia. I'm just listening to that, you know, God of sociology. And he's telling me <laughs> that this is the wrong place to make a career, and that just I, I felt that that uh, they you, even if you are such at Ivy League school, you somehow as a professor don't feel you know appreciated uh, by by your culture, uh, even there. Maybe this is also the reason why why there's so much of radicalism again, uh, you know, in, in in American ivory towers. I think ivory towers. Um, so, so uh, if you want to understand, uh, you know, the world sociologically, you can think what, what are the most important coins, what are the most important capitals that are circulating in those fields, in different fields. And in Poland, you know, the, 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 the coin that gives you, say, prestige and reputation, this is the intellectual coin, this is also cultural coin, and last but not least, although maybe the coin here is a, is a not a good metaphor, is also your uh, uh, morality. So this is what makes uh, this is what makes Poland. Yeah. So this is this also it 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 uh, yeah. explains why Poland is still Christian, because you know culture our our Christian culture uh, was a bedrock of our identity. And w- what's the coin in in the East? the con in, in the east is, is violence uh, you know that uh, you know when you look at vladimir putin he doesn't have to be a cultured man uh, you know uh, to rule he he rules with uh, with with power and with violence uh, so th- this is like you know politics that, that is war and we we feel that it is actually war and when when i'm looking at at, at you guys so at the western world so the coin is really the coin. Yeah? So the capital is really the economic capital. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, the money makes the world go around. And we, 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 we cannot, uh, you know, have faith in money in Poland because we didn't have, you know, economic institutions. We cannot have faith in politics because also our politics, you know, collapsed. And as, as, as I started with, with the story of partitions of Poland, so you, don't, you, you, you we cannot have the trust into in uh, powers and principalities uh, of, of this world. Uh, and in the West you still can yeah so you, you still can uh, have that faith in, in money <laughs> that 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 you can somehow you know you know combat inflation I was just listening to uh, Mike Johnson <laughs> uh, just you know that, that of course it is wonderful for me as, even as a Catholic especially as a Catholic to to, to listen to, to 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 him as a Speaker of the House but still you know you have you, you think that you can you know uh, somehow, you know, win against inflation, uh, and in that part of the world, I would say you will never win. Yeah, sooner or later, great empire like like the American empire will collapse, and uh, you won't be saved by your politics. You won't be saved by your by your uh, economy. You will be saved by your culture. Yeah, uh, you will be saved by by your culture. And this is this is why uh, people of culture, people of faith, still can find their safe haven in Poland, safe space even, yeah, safe space. Um, and, and with regard to Poland, I, I would say that Poland will be a second island. Uh, I, I I think that after, uh, after the fall of uh, the, the conservative government, the liberals will try just to, you know, destroy uh, that public uh, culture that is Catholic. Uh, so they they will really destroy, you know, John Paul II as 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 our father, as as, as our saint father. Uh, and but to some extent, actually, he is destroyed, and the Catholic Church uh, is destroyed already, partly due to sexual uh, abuse scandals. Uh, and I I just cannot understand why, knowing uh, that they have some similar stories like you had in Boston for 20 years. In Poland, they were just waiting, like uh, how, you know, what's the proper uh, phrase? Uh, they were they were waiting like for 20 years in Poland for this the same thing uh, happen uh, to happen, uh, and they didn't. Uh, I, I mean, the Polish Episcopal, didn't do uh, uh, anything about it. So one one partial answer why why the Catholic Church is mm, uh, being destroyed uh, in Poland is uh, are, are those scandals? But I would say more more important thing is that uh, the mm, new landscape that is created by social media. Uh, so we we are not uh, we are not bringing up our children anymore. I would say this is the internet uh, that is doing it. So uh, and if if the internet is educating our children, we cannot expect. You know, and uh, stability of whatever institution we are thinking, uh, be it the church, being the press, being whatever. So, so I, I think that the revolution of social media is uh, is just destroying all institutions. And of course, we have to be in social media, as, as you are. But also, we know w- what is the cost, and you, you 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 just bring you know good good message to, to to social media. So I'm not I'm not really optimistic about Poland, but on the other hand. Uh, you know, I'm I'm an editor of uh, probably the only journal uh, in the world that is uh, that has uh, apocalypse in its name. So we are apocalyptic journal. Uh, so I think this is a great time of collaboration. This is a great time uh, when we can build friendships, relations, and then we can just you know. Uh, bring up our kids uh, really uh, you know unplug them uh, fight with them unplug them give them you know the treasure of faith give them the treasure of uh, of of uh, the love uh, for our fatherland and so this is our time yeah this is our apocalyptic time and we can enjoy apocalypse in a good company mm. until amen until the that. Christ comes here
0: yeah? <laughs> amen bobby anything else from you before we uh before we sign off here
1: no, I mean literally, kind of like to to end on that note, literally with like focus on the end. I mean, it's on yeah. a hopeful note. So um, yeah, I I just want to thank you, Professor Mehow. It's 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 great and to have you on, and um, I I really uh, just to see the, the legacy of Poland and we love to have some future collaboration with you and bring Americans to pull the Americans who are starving maybe for that intellectual milieu to come to Kraków or even Warsaw, uh, to fully, fully, um, you know, experience it and, and feel maybe appreciated as well. So.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, on that note, we, uh, thank all of you for listening today and we, uh, We give special thanks to you, Professor Michal Wachewski, for uh, joining us here on the Space LV podcast. Those of you listening, if you like what you hear, please do uh, give us a five-star review, uh, share this with a friend, and follow us on social media. You can find us at spacealvinstitute.com. Sign up for our email so that you never miss any new articles, podcasts, or any breaking news. Until next time, God bless.